1: Welcome to the Eye on Money podcast. It's Tuesday, June 22nd, and I am your host, Jill Schlesinger, CBS News Business Analyst and Certified Financial Planner. I am joined by my executive producer extraordinaire, Mark Telercio, who is also a certified financial planner. Hey, Mark, you know, I got a couple of people asking me whether uh, we would manage their money. I'm like, well, we're not actually in that business. (laughs) But we could be. <laughs> we could be, but we're not, and so uh, I don't think I don't think we'll be doing that anytime soon. Anyway, if you have a financial question, if you have an investing question, a retirement question, how to get your plan in motion, whatever that plan is, why don't you send us an email? Our email address is askjill at jillonmoney.com ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. And we answer these questions on the air live sometimes. Just tell us whether you want to come on. Mark will do the rest. All right, Jared writes, "Hello Jill and Mark. My uncle passed away recently and my dad wants to vacation in a popular city before attending the funeral." Huh, this is going to be an interesting question, Mark. I'm already I'm shocked to see where this is all headed, but let's go. We live in different cities, so he wants to meet in Las Vegas. I'd like to go, but the more I think about the cost, the less I want to go. I'm 30 years old. I just reached fulfilling that six-month emergency fund savings goal. Wow, that's good. Jared says he's going to work on adding a couple months more to that. I'm looking to move within the next seven months to a bigger city and possibly change jobs. Hmm. I was interested in moving overseas for a year or possibly living in Washington, D.C. due to being an Arabic major and looking for related jobs. Due to the future move, I'm hesitant in spending any funds that could be used for saving. Do you recommend that I go on this trip? Oh, man. All right. Let's just he makes 48 grand. He lives in California. He's got $10,000 saved for retirement. It's half Roth, half traditional. And he's got about $18,000 left on a student loan. And he says, I'm a month away from positive net worth finally. And thanks for your help. Okay, Mark, this feels like a really sad moment where I'm going to be the Debbie Downer. So why don't you go first?
2: I mean, initially when I read it, I had a couple of questions. How much does he think it's going to cost? Because if we're just talking, you know, $1,000 or $1,500, I don't know, maybe you do it. And also my other thought was, How about asking your dad if he can pay for it?
1: Um, I thought the exact same thing. So my first question was like, okay, do you really want to be like the buzzkill and be the one who says, oh, I'm not going to go. It's an important thing to your dad. Or maybe you loved your uncle. Then again, I feel like he doesn't want to go. Maybe he's like, you know what? I don't really want to do this. I'm on a track. I feel good. So I think it's possible to say to your dad, you know what? I love you so much. I loved your brother. You know, I totally get that you want to do this fun thing to kind of celebrate life. However, I'm celebrating life by becoming financially independent and it's really going great. And so as a result, dad, uh, you know, my student loans, those are going to start clicking away again when it comes to uh, September. And I want to be in a, a place where I can really chip away at that. And I got so much going on. So, You know, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but like, I just can't really afford this. So if you want me to come so badly, then, you know, it would be great if you can help me out. But really, if you can't, I get that also, but I'm going to have to pass. If you're a dad, Mark, what do you think? You just had Father's Day. Could you imagine having such a hard conversation with your kid? No, I mean, I would think
2: it would be quite awkward. Obviously, we don't know what the dynamic is between the two of them. Yeah. It seems like the dad is way more into this than the son.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, It's also hard to disappoint your father if he's really so gung-ho on it, don't you think?
2: Like I said, either the dad pays for it or you're going to tell me this is only going to cost you a few hundred dollars, which I doubt. Mm. But otherwise, I probably would listen to what you said.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I love that you are so responsible and really like Jared, We are psyched for you. And you know what? It makes sense to me, Mark. Like, remember when uh, we talked to a behavioral economist recently who said, you know, you want to sort of deal with little chunks along the way? I think it's been great to see how people are really taking that in. Maybe they didn't even hear that message, but I think intuitively people know I can't do everything at once, right? It's very hard. And so what did Jared do? I'm taking this away. I'm like, Hey, you know what? He built up his six month emergency fund. Now he's going to add more to it. And he's also in a place where he is starting to get ready to chip away at that student loan debt, which is great. I want to say one other thing about before you start moving, I would not move unless I had a job. I am too wimpy for that. I know it's a hot job market, but I wouldn't pick up and, and go cross country if I were you or go overseas until I knew I had a very good job in hand. I really wouldn't. You know, the leap of faith is, is wonderful, but I think you can't afford to take a leap of faith when you have 18 grand left on your student loans. That's just my two cents, Mark. Do you have any anything else to add on this besides ruining this young man's relationship with his father?
2: No, I was going to say he could go to Vegas and make a nice wager and then increase oh, yeah. his net worth even more.
1: That's a good idea. Maybe you could actually pay down all that debt by shooting craps. Mark, are you a gambler? Not
2: anymore. I used to. When I lived in Arizona, you know, I lived in Arizona for seven years, so we made trips to Vegas on a pretty regular basis. I've been there, I would say, probably 13, 14 times. But uh, I used to love playing roulette.
1: Roulette? That's crappy odds. What are you talking I know, about? I know.
2: I know. But it was just something about sitting at the, the roulette table and picking your numbers and watching the ball. I don't know. I never got into uh, poker or blackjack or anything like that.
1: I, of course, being the former options trader... Uh, I like craps. I like probabilities. I feel like blackjack I can play, but it it's very tense for me to play blackjack. I feel like there's a lot going on on that table. and There's too much like psychological drama and I can't handle it. The craps table is more fun. You know, like, it's just like everyone's into it and you, you know, and you can get going. So I do like that. I was just out to lunch with a friend of mine who shockingly told me that she has been to Las Vegas a zillion times and she loves shooting craps. And what's funny about that is she's a very buttoned down lawyer and I never (laughs) would have expected it. Anyway, don't do this, Jared. We're just, we're just yakking. Okay. I think have a real conversation with dad and stick to your game plan and congratulations on having that emergency reserve fund. Get chipping away at that student loan debt and don't go moving until you have a job in hand. Agreed? Agreed. Good. This podcast is supported by FedEx.
2: See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.
1: If you've got a financial question, we'd love to hear from you. Our email address is askjill at jillonmoney.com. Askjill at jillonmoney.com. And if you'd like to come on the air live with us, just say, I wanna come on the air live and Mark will do the rest. Isn't that fantastic? He does everything. It's great. That's what Steve did. He's on the line from Texas. Hi, Steve. Welcome to Eye on Money. What can we do for you, sir? I'm
0: concerned about putting some more money in the market right now. We've saved some money. We were considering buying uh, some rental property. But uh, now I'm thinking about, because the market's been so good, mm-hmm. putting it in there, but uh, based on the, you know COVID restrictions being lifted and what what may happen, you know, we're trying to th- figure out what to do with that. Mm-hmm. And ideally, I'd like to... You know, I'm 50, I'll be 51, and I'd like to try to retire at 60.
1: Okay, let's see if you can do that. So let's start with some of the facts. So uh, you're 50 now, and you're working, and are you married or partnered or single?
0: Married, and we both work for, you know, Fortune 500 companies, so Hmm. good jobs.
1: Okay, good, solid jobs. How old is your wife?
0: She's 44.
1: Okay, got it. Kids? Kids?
0: Two kids, uh, one's teenager and one is uh, just a year
1: old. Oh my! Is this a second marriage? Second marriage, yeah. See how I suss that out so easily? I would say, you guys are so transparent, you you guys. All right, teenager is living with you or not? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Tell me about uh, how much money do you guys make each of you
0: combined? Just a little bit over three hundred thousand.
1: Great. That's awesome. And are you both putting money into retirement accounts right now?
0: Yep. We're maxing out uh, 401ks and did some money in IRAs Mm -hmm. and considering doing backdoor Rothing in them.
1: Oh, great. Okay. The 401k, your 401k, how much money's in there? 2.2
0: million. Wow. That's a lot of moolah. Uh, I've saved, I put in, I maxed out as early as I could when I was young.
1: So is that like the moment? Let's have a teachable moment. Hey, kids, I'm sure that you did not feel like you were making a bazillion dollars. You've made good money for many years. Let's go back in time for a second, just, just as an instructive moment here. If you said uh, when you were 22 years old, your first job, like how much were you making then?
0: <laughs> 22, um, about $20,000 a year.
1: And so, right, I mean, inflation, obviously, is, we're talking about decades. And how much is your salary right now?
0: 150.
1: Okay. So, I mean, it's a good chunk of money, but it's not like bananas. You're not making $2 million a year. And you have been able, simply by starting early and being diligent and not going nuts, you were able to put this money away into your retirement account and it's now worth $2.2 2 million. I mean, I don't yep. know if there's anything better than, like, you've just made the advertisement for compounding interest.
0: Yeah, it was uh, as immediately I I put in enough to get the company match. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I could, I start, I put in the maximum mm-hmm. each year and, uh, you know, working for, f- you know, large companies, there's some stock incentives as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some of, some of that came through, through those types of things. That's discretionary. Amazing.
1: Fantastic. The- All right. How about this younger wife of yours? She's not that much younger. I'm only kidding you. Uh, how much does she have in her 401k?
0: She has uh, just about a million, just uh, just shy of that.
1: Fantastic. Okay. Tell me about the IRA now. How much is in the IRAs?
0: Combined, uh, about 27,000.
1: Okay, good. What about other stuff that you have that's invested? So let's start with the boring emergency reserve:
0: uh, 60,000 in CDs. Great.
1: How about any non-retirement investment accounts?
0: One big one, and that is uh, about 470000
1: Hmm, What's in there?
0: Stock of uh, a few companies.
1: And these are the companies, that, the stock that you've been awarded, and then yes. also, did you just never sell it along the way? Never, never sold, yeah. Yeah, so you have a big, fat capital gain. At some point, yeah. All right, how about your house? Own it, all right. How much is it worth? Six seventy-five, and no mortgage. Any other assets that I should know about?
0: Uh five twenty-nine ah. for the kids, about one hundred and forty thousand
1: each or total. Total. And teenager is definitely heading to college. Yes. Okay. Great. Uh, what else have I missed? What else is going on here? Do you have some secret stash of crypto that I don't know about?
0: No, but we just have some cash that, you know, we, since you don't pay for a mortgage, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the money piles up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've got about literally 400,000.
1: And that's what we're talking about. Like, that's the, oh my God, should I put this to work? What should I do with it? Should I buy yeah. rental property? Da, 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 Like all that, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Have you ever owned rental property?
0: No, but um, I part of why I would want that rental property is uh, for storage of uh, cars, boats, that type of stuff.
1: I thought you okay. This is how like, you said cars, and I thought you said carbs, and I was like, man, that's a lot of carbs. That's a lot of bread in there. Um, why are you an antique car and boat collector?
0: Yes, just what? a couple.
1: Come on. All right. Tell me about that. You didn't say that. You didn't tell me what you owned. What, oh, what's the, that?
0: Their uh, cars and boats aren't worth a single thing. These things are worth like, you know. This is just your fun stuff. Just fun stuff. Can't yeah. you just
1: rent something place to put this crap? I could. No, I don't, I'm not like that into rental property for you. You want to like, don't you want to like look at the next 10 years and then say to yourself, I want to actually not be tethered to being a landlord and dealing with some dingbat who calls me in the middle of the night and telling you that your pipes are frozen or, you know, something went wrong in the place. And then you're the one who has to deal with it. So I think I like simplicity in life. Okay. And so I think the the four hundred grand I think is a perfect. You can add it to the non retirement investment account, and I think that since you already have this big stock position, you got a half a million in there already. Almost, you know, you could start to say, "Let me nibble at some things that I don't have exposure to." So the stocks you own are sort of big U.S. stocks, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe you say let me take some of this money every month and I'll say, I'll add a international index fund or I'll add a um, a small company stock index fund or I'll even own a kind of boring but plain vanilla intermediate term bond fund. And I'll just like, I'll get this. You don't have to do it in one fell swoop if it makes you a little scared, right? But you could say that like, you know, I'll pick these, these three funds and then maybe what I'll do is, I don't know how what the time horizon is, but maybe it's 50 grand a month and you do, you know, 20, 20, 10, right? And if you're feeling nervous in any way, you know, then you do it a little bit at a time and you can 50 grand a month, and you'll get your 400 grand invested pretty much by the end of the year, almost a little bit more. And stick to that. Or you can just do it in one fell swoop. I think that that's what you should do. I don't think uh, owning rental property is going to be smart for you. I I hate losing liquidity. That's what I hate. So uh, that's what happens when you take cash and you sink it into real estate. So that's where I am. And then, of course, leave yourself some cash so you can pay for the rent to um, store your boats and cars, she says, with a little dripping of of sarcasm. Have you actually run retirement numbers for yourselves? I have. And,
0: you know, I've used calculators. I've used a uh, financial planner that I've paid a fiduciary. The numbers sort of that I've come up with is uh, maybe at 60, I could retire, but uh, I'd be concerned with paying for uh, health insurance.
1: Well, I'm, I'm not worrying about that because we're going to make your wife keep working and then you will be on her health insurance, right?
0: Uh, yeah, that's a definitely a possibility. <laughs> but she told me if I'm if I'm doing it, she's going to join.
1: All right, all right, all right. So, I mean, I like the way you're thinking. Um, and by the way, if you're going, let's say that it's not 60, maybe it's 62, or maybe you do something so that you have some. You're going to have to cover you're going to have a gap in between whenever you decide to retire and when you qualify for Medicare. So that's just yet another reason why investing the cash on hand in a more liquid investment, just like in a plain brokerage account, then in re- in real estate makes more sense because you're going to have a period of time where you're really going to need to fund a gap. And so that's the kind of asset that would be perfect for it. One more question for you. In your retirement account. Options? Do you have a Roth four hundred one k option? Not
0: yet. Uh, so I, uh, I, by the time I started doing a of uh, an IRA, I was making too much.
1: Okay, all right. I mean, I'd be interested to see whether they let you, or they, if they roll out a Roth option, it would be nice to have some money that's already been taxed. Because again, three now three point two million dollars is pre tax, right? And so that's just going to keep growing and that's going to create a required minimum distribution for you guys at age 72 that's going to be pretty significant. So we're going to have to stay in touch because in 10 years when you retire and your income goes down, there could be a really great opportunity for you to convert those retirement, those pre-tax retirement accounts into Roth assets if it's available at that time. Can't do anything now. Right now, you can't. I would do a backdoor Roth if you can. So I would definitely do that and make that happen. And I think you're in great shape. I mean, it really it really does sound like you guys have put yourself through just hard work and diligence, right? It's not like no one gave you anything. Did you grow yeah. up with a lot of money?
0: Mm-mm.
1: No, you just did it yourself, right?
0: I didn't have anything, mm-hmm. nothing.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I got to say, it's, it's all good news to me. Go forth. Keep doing what you're doing. Very good luck to you and stay in touch with us if you have more questions, okay? Hey,
0: I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jill.
1: Okay, if you like Steve need your financial question answered, just send us an email. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com or if you're on our website jillonmoney.com, hit the contact button. And while you're on the jillonmoney.com website, what else can you do? You can follow us. You can subscribe to this podcast. Yeah, you can go to Apple and you can certainly get it anywhere you get your favorite podcast. But I on Money, we've got a nice link directly on the com website. We drop our episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, if you would not mind. Mark says, if you would leave a rating or a review... It makes a difference. I don't know why. To this day, I've been doing this show for, uh, you know, this is a new show, but I've been podcasting forever. And he says, you got to ask them more and more for ratings and reviews. And I always forget. So could you please, if you wouldn't mind, leave us a rating, a review, CBS Eye on Money. You can follow us and then leave us a rating, or review, send us your questions, and we would be forever grateful. Here at the program, we are kind of practicing a new mantra curiosity. Don't you have curiosity about this stuff in your financial life? Compassion. When you hear someone else's story, whether they're rich or they're poor, they're anywhere in between, let's have compassion and let's build community. Curiosity, compassion, community. That is our mantra here at Eye on Money. Thank you for listening. And we will talk to you on Thursday.